Hey, C3 family, such a pleasure to be talking to you online in your homes or connect groups or churches. If you've regathered, many of us have. Some are still in lockdown. Uh, I'm so looking forward to getting back together in the flesh with you. But even this can be such a lot of fun. And uh, definitely churches have found new ways to communicate both with their own congregations and with people who are yet to meet Jesus. So thanks all of you for being so on fire in this time, so positive, so filled with faith. And, you know, three times a year uh, we bring this message to the movement. And, uh, and I'm so thrilled to be able to wait on God and, and, and discern from my point of view what I feel He's wanting to say to all of us right around the world. So it's a very helicopter view uh, message. And I do have something that I feel is burdening me anyway from the heart of God that He is calling us to a, another level of prayer. Right here in our own church, I've dialed up prayer for our board meetings, uh, for our pastors, because I feel there is, a, and it's, you don't even need to feel it's quite obvious, there is a distinct change in the world. Some things are never going to be the same again. And to embrace any new era, any new season, I believe the basis for that is prayer. So let me, let me say out of Ephesians 6 verse 10, finally, it's a final thought from an aging apostle. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil so there's a lot of attack going on in a lot of people's lives in all sorts of areas. But then he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Praying always with all prayer. Praying always with all prayer. There's a lot of different kinds of prayer. I would like to think that my influence on people is that they develop a life of prayer. Because I know that that one thing in their life will sustain them. If you keep yourself in the love of God, God will keep himself keeping you. Jude says that. Keep yourselves in the love of God and God will keep you from falling. He makes that promise. So if I keep myself in him, even if I stumble a little every now and then, make some mistakes, make some foolish decisions, I'm not going to completely fall. Because I've kept myself in him, he will keep you from falling. And if you abide in him, you're going to bear fruit. It's not about just trying to get this strategy or 10 steps to church growth or what's the latest thing that I could do. If you're in prayer, growth is a natural outcome of abiding in Jesus. Form the habit of prayer and the habit will start to form you. You form a habit, the habit forms you. No doubt about it. Prayer is the lifeline of the Christian. It is the breathing apparatus of the Christian spirit. Like in scuba diving, when that big helmet guy with his metal suit on goes down the bottom of the ocean, you see him walking around, he's got a tube going up to the surface and he's breathing oxygen through that tube. That's what prayer is. We're down here on earth, surrounded by a lot of dark atmospheres and all other kinds of things. And we get, we, we're going to get overwhelmed by it if we don't breathe. If we don't breathe heaven's air. And so as you as you Hook up with God in prayer. Fresh air is going to come into your life. Heaven's life will become the, the fuel that is in your spirit. 
Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean that you're saying out loud prayers all day long, but you're looking to God just in the day. Before I do this, I'm looking to God. While I'm doing this, I kind of got one eye on God. And at the end of it, I'll say, thank you, Lord. If, you, if you're just looking up, it changes your perspective on everything. And you get guidance because you're opening to the Lord. You're in prayer. And then you can pray about things. When, when, when people say, oh, I got this problem, don't just send them off to a, a counselor or a lawyer or someone. Say, let me pray for you. Believe in the power of prayer and pray the prayer of faith. As we minister to people with prayer, and I have never found anybody refusing prayer. On a plane, if somebody says, I've got problems with my kids, just say, let me pray for you. And they'll say, oh, that'd be great sometime. I, I say, well, let's do it now. And, and I just put my hand on them and uh, I pray and things happen. They're going to find the peace of God come on them. They feel the presence of God. And so prayer is, is our lifeline and it's other people's lifeline. So when we keep ourselves in the state of prayer, we're going to find that we form a habit. But let me say it again. You've got to intentionally pray. It doesn't come naturally like breathing. It actually takes intentionality. And in a world of distraction, it's so easy to not pray. Jesus says, get alone and pray. And you're going to find that you will actually be able to exchange your despair, your anxieties, your burdens for his strength in that place of prayer. Okay, so let me take you through some different kinds of prayer. When it says all prayer, these are the different kinds. Number one, requests to God. This is the one that most people are fully aware of. God, could you do this? God, I need that. God, but Philippians 4, 6, this will defeat anxiety. This is good emotional health. This is good mental health practices. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Simple. Just go to prayer and say, God, this is my request. I make it known to you with thanksgiving. Why am I giving thanks? Because I've received the answer right then when I prayed. In everything. Everything, he says there. Be anxious for nothing, but have faith in everything. Every situation, give it to God in prayer. Learn how to be an overcomer in prayer, and you're going to find yourself living in victory. Number two, the prayer of faith. It says in James uh, 5 verse 15, the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. How amazing is that? Uh, the prayer of faith. Pray. Don't just pray a worried prayer. Oh, God. Or, or a demanding prayer. God, you've got to do this. Or, or a threatening prayer. If you don't answer me, I'd, what are you going to do to God? I mean, pray the prayer of faith. I believe, God, that your word is true. It will come to pass in this circumstance in the name of Jesus. Not even a hopeful prayer where I hope this happens, God. A prayer of faith is definitive. It is decisive. It is powerful. And the prayer of faith saves the sick. Three, warfare prayer. Matthew 12, 29. How can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Bind the devil over your city. Bind the devil off your church. 
bind the devil off your people. Cast out unclean spirits, backsliding demons, seductive spirits, all these things that are trying to take people away. Spirits of division, spirits of disunity, anything that's trying to come against you, bind the devil. He loves to try and camouflage himself and say, it's not me, it's not me. And, he, and we go, oh, we've got to talk and work this out and have fights with other people. Oh, pray against the devil. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. That's a prayer, a prayer life. And this whole passage is surrounded by warfare. And we are involved in a war. You've got to go to war in prayer. Push back the devil. Best to do it as a company of believers together, binding the works of darkness. Number four kinds of prayer. The fourth kind of prayer, intercession. Romans 8, 26, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what we should pray for, but the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Deep groanings. Have you ever had that kind of prayer? When you're in the grip of the Spirit, you go, oh, God. The groan reaches the throne. <laughs> Sometimes it's not even words. It's just, oh, you're so burdened in a, in a deep and wonderful, compassionate way about a situation. Take the burden of others on yourself. Say, God, that's what Jesus did. It's called intercession. Number five, praying in the spirit. This is what edifies ourselves and helps us understand some of the mysteries of God. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, builds himself up. He who prophesies edifies the church, which Paul prefers because he says, but that doesn't mean it discounts speaking in tongues. He's spoken tongues more than any of us. Uh, and, and then it, it says, but you, beloved, in Jude 120, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. When you pray in tongues, you build your faith up. Also, Isaiah says, when you speak in tongues, you bring rest to your souls. So speaking in tongues is a spiritual power that connects you with the supernatural world. It's the, it's the least of the gifts, which is awesome because it's the lowest entry point into a supernatural lifestyle. And tongues is what takes you there. It unhooks your tongue from your brain and hooks it up to your spirit so that you are speaking mysteries to God. You're speaking in, in these beautiful worship things to God that only God in heaven can understand. United prayer. Number six, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done by my Father in heaven. Unite together with other believers in prayer. At least half of our life, our prayer life should be with others. Half of it on our own, half of it with others. When we pray together, we bring unity and power into the church. The place of agreement is the place of power. And it, you see it in the book of Acts. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. And on that condition, the Spirit fell. Number seven, devotional prayer. And I'll finish with this. There are more. Maybe next session, we'll, uh, we'll go over those. But devotional prayer is super important. James 4 verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Hebrews 10, 22, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. This, this is so amazing. Because in the Old Testament, just one person, Aaron the high priest, could approach God and go through the veils. And he only, was only allowed to go once a year. One person, once a year, from one family, the family of Levi. That was it. That was the only person who could get into the presence of God. But in the New Testament, when Jesus died, the veil was rent. 
And Hebrews tells us in no uncertain terms that now the way into the Holy of Holies, into the very presence of God is available, not just on one day a year, but every day of the year. Not just to one family, but to all families of the earth. Not just to one person, but to every single individual. This is why Jesus died, that the Father could have fellowship with you and me, that we could have a relationship with God, that we could come into his presence and know that we're in the presence of God. Not just suppose it or hope it or imagine it. You know you're there. You can feel it. You know you're there because of a, you've come into another level, another frequency of understanding and perception, another level of consciousness. We are a conscious of God. So I love you guys, and I'm so encouraged about all the great things that are happening all around our movement, even in lockdown. But let's dial up the prayer life as we move into a new season of post-COVID and find out the great things that God will do. He said, call unto me and I will answer you and do things for you that you know not. You'd never comprehend the great things that God can do if we just call on him. God bless you. Have an awesome weekend.